Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. I mean, it, it kind of is what it is. Uh, our job is to go out there and find a way to win a football game, and uh, it's a tough place to play at Arrowhead, and, and they've, they've won here before, but we've also handled business uh, before, so it's going to be up to us to go out there and, and handle business when it comes on Sunday. All right, fellas. Hey, big win, big comeback, and, and a big game coming up on Sunday. The world is watching. And uh, before we get this going, I, I, I just, I'm going to pull the car over real quick and sort of cut the music. Please, cut the cut the music, sir. I don't want to. Yeah, just cut cut it so I can speak, so the people can hear me. They can hear you. I promise. Did you cut the music? Cut it off. (laughs) Yes, yes, it's cut. All right. I got to be honest, sir. You know this uh, as well as as anybody, and some of our listeners may know this as well if they've been rocking with us for a long time. And I mean, before show and BK, man, they brought me back. I I I had. um, I had taken the hiatus from being a Chiefs fan. Um, I had, I, I, I just, I'll be honest with you, I didn't feel anything when they won the Super Bowl. Nothing. I was happy for friends and family, people that I knew, some of the guys I liked in the organization, um, but I didn't feel anything. After the whole Tyreek Hill tape situation, how that happened, how things went down, how they treated certain players, like it just turned me off. I was out. I was out. I ain't gonna lie. Monday night, watching my son, the excitement that he had watching that game, and then listening to old Arrowhead. I mean, that felt like old Arrowhead after the whole Chris Jones fiasco. Like that thing got turned all the way up. I felt something like a Chiefs fan for the first time in years. First time ever. And shit, I think I'm back. I, I, I I think I'm back. I felt I was literally, truly rooting. Now, I don't think it's going to be like the same it was when I was, you know, in high school and college and the no punt game where I start standing in different areas, every defensive possession to try to change, try to change the mojo. But Peyton Manning just kept scoring. But man, I like that. Pat Mahomes, that Arrowhead crowd. that, And I think Josh McDaniels being the coach of the Raiders, too, made me. Uh, I found an inner hatred for the Raiders that I didn't know was still there until I saw Josh on the sidelines in that Raiders gear. But I'm back. I'm back. And um, I felt something like I'd never felt in years about the Chiefs. So last Monday was a was a, was a game I'll remember. I, I feel like that was the day that brought me back to feeling differently about the Chiefs. I, I feel like I'm a, I could say it. I think I'm a I think I'm a Chiefs fan again. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers, Ron. I thought it was fandom. over. <laughs> I thought it was I thought it was over. I got I mean, sir, do you know I I I quit it. I just and I'm not kidding. That Super Bowl, I felt nothing. I didn't so, feel anything it, for it. It's interesting you say that, Ron, because I like it's for a different reason, obviously. Like I, I am a Chiefs fan. It is one of the few fandoms that I still like hold to this day. I am 
through and through a Chiefs fan, a Mizzou fan, and a Royals fan. Those are the two, the three teams that I root for, but it's different. Once you've covered a team and you've seen it on a day-to-day basis. You see how the sausage is made, yeah. The emotional investment is different. And so, like, the losses don't really hurt me anymore. Like, I watched that Indianapolis game from L.A. Man, I, I went out afterwards to a brewery, had a grand old time. Like, could, couldn't have had a care Slam. in the world. And that was infuriating for most Chiefs fans. It just, it doesn't get me the way that it once did. And if that was like seven years ago, man, I would have been mother bleeping the whole rest of the day. Like I, it would have ruined my week to see that game. So I, I, I say that to explain what happened on Monday night inside of me. Ron, I apologize to my dog for some of the things that I was saying during that game. Like I felt bad because there was something inside of me that came out that I was unprepared for. Like I serial I, killer stuff. Like what I didn't, I didn't like, know what's in there. I, I watched the Dahmer the documentary. Like <laughs> I don't know what was happening. Did you say things like Peter would come after you or something? Like you apologize <laughs> to the dog. What happened? It was just man. I I was cussing up a storm. I was jumping up and down. Like I, I felt like I was in Arrowhead as like a thirteen-year-old. Remember that first Thursday night Thanksgiving game where it was Chiefs Broncos, and I was at that stadium, and I, I have never seen Arrowhead like that before, and I don't think I've seen it like it since. I think it was that way on Monday night. Oh, that was that pulled me back, man. That that brought me back. Like it brought me back. I remember the craziest Arrowhead experience for me was the Pete Stoyanovich for president game. <laughs> Uh, where they at 1997 they go and beat Denver the number one seed and Pete kicked the 57 yarder and that was at the time unheard of and I was in that piece and it was wild it was crazy like old arrowhead that's what all of that all of it pulled me back in and I just I had never felt anything like that Chris Jones thing when when everybody started like I felt I was pissed yeah and I said oh my god I've got a I care like what is what is happening? I I care here. That was. So I looked I'm over back. at my wife. I look. I looked over at my wife when that happened, Ron, and I said, "I'm really mad. Like I I don't really feel this way normally, and I don't know how to respond. Like I am genuinely upset about this call, and I don't know how to deal with it right now. I, I'm not gonna lie. I hadn't said. I hadn't told anybody this. I was, and this is a, a key for me. I was in full pace mode. <laughs> In the uh, final drive, and that has only been uh, for the Royals and in Kansas. And let's just be honest, for Kansas, because the Royals have not been in nobody's pace mode. Uh, it's been in about years. seven years, right? So, like, like, and I was like, and I, and I'm, I'm like, what am I doing? Oh God, I care. Like, I'm, like, I'm, like, when, when, when Adams they show the replay. No, 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 it's Peter, not in. Like, I'm, like, I'm like, okay, all right, I've got to. I've got to, you know, really do some self-evaluation here and, and see where I am right now. But what do you think it was that did it? Like, I obviously the bad call is part of it, but is it something about this team? Like, is, is there something yeah, that... about the story of like, I know we'll get into this, but not having Tyreek and I think, I'm not going like to lie. I'm not going to lie. Start and all of that. Like, is it something about that too? I think so. I, I'm not going to lie. Um, I am like for me. I was very, very hard on Tyreek because I, I I think, I think I still, and I believe he needed, he needed some help. And I feel like the way they were handling him 
was just not putting him in the best situation moving forward. I don't think he's learning anything. But I do root and hope that he turns into a a a good person, a good citizen, and it looks like he has been. So I, I root for that. All right. Looks like his life is in a in a better place. Hope for that. But I'm not gonna lie, it does. I think there may be there may be something there that he is no longer on the team. Um and this this group, this group of guys, and I'm not gonna lie, sitting there watching it with my son and seeing the emotional feel for him as well. And then him there, and I'm not like that old crowd that pulled me back into that's that was my childhood. That was my adulthood until I was 34 years old. That was it. And it reeled me in. And you know it's hard. You can't fight it. And like I'm and I kid you not, like when I had shut that off, like I had shut that off. And I mean the playoff run, I covered it, watched it, didn't do anything for me. Hmm. Nothing for me. They lost in the Super Bowl when they got their asses kicked. I remember I, I remember me and Serta were on the phone like during different parts of the half. Like I, I, I mean, I was discussing the game, but it was like it didn't emotionally do anything. Last year, even last year, me, my son Man, lost. It was, I mean, it, it was fine. It was a Monday night football game during the regular season. Let's let's slow oh, down a little. Okay. Bit here. All fine. right. No, no, no. All it's right. cool. It was cool. Yeah, it was, cool. It was a cool football game. You're not that, that didn't do it for you, sir. <laughs> You're not gonna take my joy away. Let's not just. <laughs> I, hold on, hold, hold on. Assert is the first person I've heard with this take. You no, didn't, you, that one didn't get it going. It for was you. an incredible scene. It was pandemonium. It was mayhem in the crowd just using at words Arrowhead Stadium. And no, I, I do think it was incredibly impressive the way the crowd helped turn the game. Like I legitimately think the Arrowhead crowd impacted that game in a way Carl Jefferson was hard shook. to replicate because after that Anything bogus close to Chris Jones call, and it was a bogus penalty call and we know it. I don't care what the NFL says about it. It was absolutely ridiculous. And they also called the first defensive holding on a field goal yeah, in seven years. Which is <laughs> an absurd makeup call, but they did it. And game winner. The referee shouldn't have that much control over impacting the outcome of a game. But the way the Arrowhead crowd reacted to it, yes, that was incredible. Like, please do that every single week because that was one of the coolest things I've ever seen on television. But at the end of the day, it's just a regular season, week five, Monday night football. That's fine. You can have that take. Listen, I'm not going to lie. I never walked into it thinking that it was going to be something more. Than it was like and I have we, been watching. We saw what they did against this Bills team in the playoffs. I mean, since, that was game. since we've been no, like yeah, that didn't touch me. Since we've been watching, since we've been doing this this podcast, the number one podcast on all of Arrowhead Pride. I don't care if that's factual or not, but um, I believe it in my heart, so that works. But uh, ever since, like it's it's literally been just covering them for me, watching them and covering no emotional. Even what happened with the Bills. Like I was like I was gonna say before Serta interrupted me, my son just he cried his heart out when Joe Burrow was lifting up that trophy, the Lamar Hunt trophy. When they lost to the Bengals, that still didn't touch me. I don't know what it was. And maybe the Tyreek Hill factor, if I'm being honest with myself, is is something, but I don't know, man. They got me. I think I'm back. I I was off that kingdom. I think. I think I'm I think I'm back. 
And with that, speaking of the Tyreek thing, with that kick, see, this is why I think the game is a bigger deal for the Chiefs. Everything that we hear is, yeah, I mean, the Chiefs' offense is good. You know, I mean, yeah, I know they they lead the league in the most points scored, which is kind of important at 32 a game. But, you know, they miss Tyreek Hill. Like, all right, if they had Tyreek Hill against the Colts, they would have beaten. They'd have beaten the Colts. You know, people, people tried to come up with the ridiculous notion that, oh, that's what happened and led to the argument of, of Eric Bieniemy is because they don't have Tyreek Hill and they can't do things in 20 seconds anymore. Okay, shut that up. We saw how they were able to get in field goal range, and I don't know what what possessed that young man to make a 59-yarder along with the other kicks that he attempted, but we're not going to ask any questions. He did it. <laughs> but they did that in less than 20 seconds. I mean, nothing about anything. Like, I, I mean, I don't know if there's some sort of cheating. Nothing about anything that that young man did all night long would possess you to believe he's going to drill a 59-yarder <laughs> right down the middle because the extra points weren't, weren't money. Nothing else. The, the defensive holding, he missed a 37-yarder. But that 59-yarder, he cranked that puppy in. So, anyway, but people are – when they get against the elite teams, that's where they miss Tyreek Hill, right? Yeah, they're off at scores, but that's where the – I think that's annoying to the Chiefs. And I think the Chiefs, you know, real talk may need to kind of confirm that with themselves. I think this is a big game for the Chiefs, especially their offense, to say, shut up. Okay, close the door, put the dirt, close the casket on the the Chiefs miss Tyreek Hill narrative that they have tried to create over and over again. Close it, shut it. If they go out, and beat this Bills team, and especially score on this Bills team, because you know I thought against the the Bucks how they how they just absolutely drilled one of the top defenses in football on the road that that would do it. But it's still being said. It's still being said to me. You'd have to shut the door, and we don't hear this. Oh, they miss Tyreek Hill. They're going to miss him against the elite teams. No. This is the king that you have crowned this year, the Buffalo Bills. And if they're able to do what the Rams couldn't, to do what the Ravens couldn't, and just run up and score on these guys, then shut up with the they miss Tyreek Hill narrative. Because I'm about tired of it, too. Because they're putting up points. It kind of reminds me, Ron, of the Chiefs versus the Patriots early in Mahomes' career, but reversed. Like, the Chiefs are the team to beat in the AFC. They have overtaken what the Patriots used to be. And the Bills are in the spot that the Chiefs are in, where everybody's kind of looking for, okay, yeah, we all understand Mahomes is great, the Chiefs are awesome, Andy Reid's great. Who's going to be the team that takes them down a notch, right? That's that's what the story is coming into every season. I understand that the Bengals did it last year, but I came into this year saying it was like Chiefs and Bills once again. And so the Bills are the one that are getting all the love because they haven't done it yet. And so people are excited about, can they do it now? Is Josh Allen, like there are real conversations that people are happening having nationally of, who would you rather have, Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes? For us, that seems crazy, just as it did for Patriots fans who said at the time, man, it's unreal that there are people that would actually take Patrick Mahomes over Tom Brady when Tom Brady has done all of this for a 15 plus year stretch. 
And so I, I think that we as Chiefs fans are now in the spot that New England was in like 2018 and 2019. And so now is the time, just as Tom did in the playoffs and early in, in Pat's career, he set him down. He said, Pat, you're coming. I respect you. And we've all seen the conversations that they have now had post-game after, especially that AFC championship game. You're going to be great. But Tom showed him on the field who was still the top gun at that particular time. And this is the moment for, once again, Patrick Mahomes to do that to Josh Allen, to squash all of those conversations. The Chiefs right now are an underdog at home. It That's is a the slap in first the face. time that that has happened for the Chiefs with Patrick Mahomes as their starter. There is a whole lot of bulletin board material and one of the things that we know about this team, Ron, when they are motivated, they are a really good football team. When they're that, not motivated, it. they are not a very good football team. That's a slap so, in the face. That, that, yeah. Like, that's just, like, I, I'm sorry. I, listen, I, I, I can buy the, the thought that the Bills are a better team. And, and to be honest with you, when you start looking at the parts, like, you could, you could come to the thought of that they are a, a, a better team. But I'll be damned. They are two and a half point favor coming on the road to Arrowhead. I mean, let's go. They've lost already this year on the road at a at a at a worse team than the Chiefs, right? I mean, you look at the Chiefs. If we were if we were doing some college football thing and did strength of schedule, who's got the better wins? I think the Chiefs have two better wins than they do. I mean, I'd say it's important to acknowledge they were missing nine starters in that game against the Dolphins. I don't give a damn. All right, like, like, I, I'm sorry. Okay, this is this is an established team. The Chiefs, they have the same record, right? They got the same record. Who's who, who's got better wins, right? The, the Chiefs got better wins. It's not like the, the resumes are, are pretty similar. And, and when you look at it that way, like I, the Chiefs are at home, and so typically what that would home. be is the Chiefs get a two point favorite. They're a two point favorite at home because you would say it's a Roughly a pick em on a neutral field. So I was pretty surprised by the line when it came out. I'm sorry. I, yeah, I, I mean, it, the Chiefs just dominated the Bucks on the road. And they're and they're, and they're sitting there as an underdog. I think that's a slap in the face to me. Maybe you don't believe so, Serta. Maybe not, uh, BK. But, that, I mean, I, I think for them, and Pat, maybe they're trying to piss Patrick Mahomes off and, and company. But that's a slap in the face. I, I mean, I hope it does piss Patrick Mahomes off because we've seen him use that stuff as motivation before to go play better. And I want the Chiefs to win this football game. It's better for business when the Chiefs win. My my weeks are a lot more fun when the Chiefs win football games. But it kind of getting back to what BK was saying, I think there is a lot of of that going into it as well of the Bills are this new shiny team that we want to root for. And that's why everybody's like, Josh Allen, best quarterback in the NFL. He's above Patrick Mahomes, and like it's Josh Allen and then everybody else. And we know that's not true. We know nobody really believes that. Like Josh Allen is absolutely oh, I, I don't I don't agree with that. Patrick I think Mahomes people really do believe is that. I think people really incredible. believe that. Okay. I well, think people really well, believe that's that. Stupid. You can you can acknowledge that they're both exceptional at what they do. Like it doesn't have to be one or the other. I would personally take Patrick Mahomes over Josh Allen but they're both really, really good teams. And 
the Bills aren't too dissimilar from how the Chiefs were built and, and how they rose to where they are now to being this perennial powerhouse. The Bills are in the same boat where they built this thing up with Josh Allen and they built it over years and years and years. And they kept running into the Chiefs in the playoffs and losing those football games. And they finally went out and said, OK, enough's enough. We got to go all in this season. And they put all their resources into revamping that defensive line and making it one of the best defensive lines in football. And their roster is top to bottom, one of the deepest rosters in football. So like, I think it's valid that they're favored at Arrowhead. Do I agree with it? Probably not. But yeah, if Patrick Mahomes can use it as ammunition, hell yeah. I didn't kiss my valid ass. It is a slap <laughs> in the face a hundred times over a hundred. Now Kansas City might go in there and get beat down like they did last year, but it is still a slap in the damn face. Parlay, my office, five minutes. We'll like play the same game at the same time. The Arrowhead Pride Same Game Parlay with Pete Sweeney, presented by DraftKings. All right, we're back in with another Arrowhead Pride Same Game Parlay as presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. This week, the Chiefs are taking on the Buffalo Bills in the most anticipated game of the year. And we have a four-leg parlay. The first thing we think is the Kansas City Chiefs are going to win this football game. We think Patrick Mahomes is going to throw for three touchdowns. We're going to give Josh Allen 40 rushing yards, and we think finally Juju Smith-Schuster, after five games, will get in the end zone. If you put that into DraftKings Sportsbook, that's a plus 1,300 wager. So if you spend $100, you can win $1,300. Again, it's Chiefs money line. Patrick Mahomes to get at least three touchdowns. Josh Allen, at least 40 yards on the ground. We can eat that. And then Juju Smith-Schuster in the end zone. It's the Arrowhead Pride, same game parlay. Ride with Arrowhead Pride. Well, thanks for nothing, Pete. Uh, we appreciate uh, uh, everything that you do for the most part. We'll see if you can help the people out. Um, we got it this week. Got it, I promise. Yeah, it's what you say every week. It's, uh, there's a lot of formulas and calculations going into these things every week, I promise. And I, I bet it is. Just let's get some production uh, uh, one of these times. Let's, let's get some production. All right, uh, we do this every week. When the Chiefs have the ball, this is this is the game of the year potentially. But when the Chiefs have the ball, what what is the number one thing that jumps out to you, BK? What's the number one thing that jumps out to you in this game when the Chiefs got it? It's very simple. When when the Chiefs have the ball, they've got to find a way to make life difficult on Von Miller. They did not do that early in the game last week. Chandler Jones, Max Crosby had a field day in the Chiefs' backfield. The Chiefs' offensive tackles had an atrocious first half. I mean, Orlando Brown Jr., uh, he I, I don't know how much money he lost in the first quarter, first half of that game, but it was something. He, he looked awful, and it, it was tough for Wiley on the other side as well. I was going to say, 7-7 over there doing the best he can, man. It was Good brutal. God. It was brutal. There was a bull rush from Max Crosby that just took his whole soul, soul and scrolled him away from him. I was just – I felt bad for 7-7 my damn self. Good God. The second half, it got better. The second half, they found a way. I don't know if it was schematically what did it. Whatever it was, it worked. And so going into this one against Buffalo, they've got to find a way to slow him down because the Bills signed Von Miller for one game. For one game. Now, he's going to play probably 16, 17 of these this year. But the realistic, the truth, if you got their general manager on truth serum, he would tell you, we signed Von Miller to beat the Chiefs. That's why we did it. 
They went out there and they built up their receiver core. They built up the offensive line. They built up their pass rush for one team. And it's the team that they play this week. So for the Chiefs, what do you got to do? You got to find a way to guard against that. And I, it's not an easy task. Von Miller is an unbelievable football player, but they've got to find a way to slow him down. Yeah, um, and, and, and I think the top thing with that, because I agree with that, Von Miller and that pass rush, they got a really good defensive line. But it, it, to me, it's, it's similar to Tampa. Like, like Tampa has uh, Shaq and Shaq Barrett, and who's really, really good, but not anybody on the other side. Like, they, they don't have bookends like the Raiders had last week or the Chargers or, or the Broncos when they're healthy. They don't have bookends. They just got a bunch of guys up front that can all get pressure from the inside. Several guys up there. But I think they've got to take take the same kind of thought process they had in that Bucks game. I think the biggest thing and reason why Shaq Barrett was a non-factor rushing the passer and the Bucks was because they ran the ball and slowed them down that way. And I, I think you got to do that, and you got to commit to that. And it'll be big to see because, it, to me, it is the best thing that this offensive line does. As a whole, they run block far better than they they pass block, in my opinion. And they're better that way, and it helps them. And, like, th- this will be a bad one if we roll in here and see one of them Clyde Edwards layer nine carries for three yards yeah. type of deals. Like, I, I think they've got to – I'm not saying they got to run for, you know – the, the near 200 yards they ran for the 185 or whatever it was against Tampa. But I think they got to commit to it. They To me, like 125 to, to 150, like that, like they have to commit to running the football because that's how they got to slow them down. And I think they, I think even though they weren't great at it, I think they ran it a little bit more in the second half or at least in that second part of the second quarter against Vegas and I think it helped slow down that pass rush. So I think and, running the football and using their linemen to help themselves to slow down Von Miller is big. And I also think it's just a mindset thing. Like, I, I think the Chiefs have a physical offensive line. And they want to get out there and play moving forward. And that's what you can do in the running game. Ron, you think back to that Las Vegas Raiders game. I don't want to make too much of one play, but... That Jarek McKinnon run on, I think it was like second and 17 when he yeah. was able to convert. That turned the whole game around. Like that, that was that was the moment. Just as much as Chris Jones, that that was the moment where the Chiefs. It felt like the offense clicked suddenly. And I remember that there was one, there was one player in particular that stood out to me. I think it was Joe Tooney, where he's like, "Hey, keep it running, keep it running. Let's keep this going." I think they need that for a mindset thing for them as well, where that gets them going offensively. The offensive line, and this, it's a weird thing to say. This Chiefs offense kind of comes and goes as the offensive line does. Against Indy, what was the biggest issue? Their offensive line just didn't get anything going. Against Las Vegas, what was the problem when they weren't getting anything going offensively? It was the O-line. What changed? The offensive line started playing better. So in this game, you've got to have that unit going. But but they've got to – they can't be slow to the party yeah. like they have been. The Chargers game, it took them like a quarter – before, mm-hmm. like the Chargers game, Bosa and Mac tried to ruin that game early, and then they kind of changed the whole way they were playing, and then it finally they finally picked it up later in the first half and in the second half. Just the same way with the Raiders as well. This the, the Bucks game is the only one right from the jump 
they were they were doing. And I think to your point, BK, it was a mindset of this is what we're gonna do. Like we're gonna run the football and we're gonna slow it down this way so they can't just pin their ears back. Like they because I think it helps in a bunch of ways. It helps keep that offense off the because this is an offense where I mean it can be 14 to nothing quick. And then and, you know you gotta flush that down the toilet. And you can't go into halftime of this game only having scored 10 points like they did against the Raiders. Like you just simply can't do that. The offensive line has to be aggressive immediately because that Tampa defensive line is really good, but the chiefs haven't seen when, if this defensive line is totally healthy, like this defensive line is legitimately one of the best defensive lines in football. It's up there with San Francisco. Like I think they are the two best defensive fronts in the game right now. And you can't mess around. You simply can't mess around. So whatever they got to do to wake themselves up before the game on Sunday, like that's what you have to do along the offensive line. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. It, it'll be a big thing there, but I think physicality is, is key there. Uh, I think also with that, one thing that that I think has been disappointing, and they've they've had some hits here or there, is they're just off on these potential big plays, these potential down-the-field type plays. And, man, this feels like a game where you can't just miss touchdown opportunities like that. This feels like a game where if you got MVS down the field streaking, like whoever it is, they got to come together and complete that. If you got Hardman down the field, they got to come together and complete that. If you got Sky Moore, down the field. They got to come together and complete that. They've had big play opportunities that they have just missed. And they and yes, this is an offense that scores the most points per game <laughs> in the league. But they have just missed some just missed some some big play opportunities. This is a game where it feels like if they got those shots, they got to hit those shots. I think that's fair. I also think I will push back on any criticism of what Mahomes has done this year, but I, I, I understand where you're coming from, Ron. I think that's as much on the wide receivers as it is on Mahomes. It's both of them. They, they've got to be better on those. Yeah, shots. I don't care who it is. I'm just saying if they got, if they got a big play option and opportunities, they've got it. They got to hit those. The reason why I, I mentioned Mahomes in this is because I, I think this is now I need to, I need to add a disclaimer here. What we saw from him in the MVP season is as electric as I have ever seen any anybody play the quarterback position. What we are what we are watching from him right now is the best combination I've seen of a player who has com complete command of the game the way that Brady has for the last 20 years while also coming up consistently with those wow plays that we've seen from Aaron Rodgers. It is like the best of both of those players who are, in my opinion, the best quarterbacks that we've seen over the last 10 years. He's taking the best of those two players and putting them onto the field right now. And if you add in those big plays that you're talking about, Ron, and it, it's the best anybody's ever played the position. And the reason I bring that up is because right now, Patrick Mahomes is on pace for 4,750 yards. He's on pace for 51 touchdowns and seven interceptions and a quarterback rating this year of 111. This is as well as I've seen Patrick Mahomes play the position. And what we saw last week is that he is never out of a game. There's a bunch of stats going around this week. You've probably seen them by now. Patrick Mahomes has won 57% of the games in which he has been down at any point by 10 or more points. 
No other quarterback has won more than 38% of them, and that was Tom Brady. After that, it's Montana at 37%, Stabler at 35 Nobody else is even close to what we've seen from Patrick Mahomes. Part of what this game is going to be, it's got to be a Patrick Mahomes over my dead body game because the Bills are going to score. And the Chiefs don't have as many deep threats as they used to. It's going to be harder this time around than it was last year with 13 seconds left. And that means that it's, it is it is going to be in parts, Mahomes go be great. And for much of this season, he's gone and he went and did something great for you. So I, I know people get annoyed with that sometimes. And in most games, it shouldn't be that way. In this one, though, Mahomes going to have to go be great. I don't know. Um can I get over my dead body at times? I think Moments. that's what we've seen so far. Like I, against the against the Raiders, I think you saw that. Moments. Like, I think he's got to have help from the run game. Agreed. And he's got to have help from somewhere else. Like, if this is a deal of, I mean, they can't run it. I mean, they and they got to depend on dropping him back 50 times. Or like Buffalo has done with with Josh Allen, where he dropped back 63 times in a game, and they threw it all on him. I think he's got to have some help, and I think the team does. I think the, I think the defense is going to need help, and we'll get to them in a second. Um, I think when it when the time calls for it in the game, it's over my dead body. Not not a full game type of deal. I think he's just going to have to have help coming to the party, and I think that's why I'm talking about the run game especially. I think that's fair. I, I What I'm saying really is like, when we look back on this game, the moments that you remember are going to be Patrick Mahomes. And the reason why he's able to have those moments, to your point, Ron, is because earlier, pr- prior to that moment, the running game kept Von Miller honest. See, let me, let me ask you guys this. Do you think he had one of those over my dead body games against the Bucks? I think he had more writing on that game. Like, and yeah, I think it probably was, but I think it's you know, similar to Allen trying to surpass Mahomes. Mahomes knew his record against Brady going into that. And he was looking for payback because it's the first time they had seen him like in the Super Bowl. So yeah, I, I do feel like he probably played. Like I thought that. Mahomes was just in complete, complete command from start to finish. That was one of those games where like, you look back on it, man. If you look at the numbers from that game, they're not super impressive. Yeah, he, he finished two, with 250 yards, three touchdowns, a pick. It was six and a half yards per attempt. Like none of that is super special. But you look at his QBR, it was 90. It's on a scale of 100. He played the position about as well as you can. So like, yeah, in some ways it was an over my dead body game. And that's kind of what I'm talking about going into Maybe. this one is you've just got to consistently move the chains. And whether that means on first down getting five yards with your running back, and then on second down getting ten yards to Juju, and then on uh, when it, whenever you're going back out there for first down again, doing it all over again, like that's the kind of stuff that this team has evolved to because of the way that opposing te- defenses are playing against them. It's not as much of the sparklers and fireworks going on everywhere. It's more of a hey man, we're going to come in and our offense is just going to be awesome for the next 60 yeah. minutes. Yeah, see, I, I, yeah, I, I thought that I, I like what you said, complete control. Like I've seen him have some here, fellas, just jump on my back. I, I think against the Texans when they were up 24 to nothing, I think he just said, hey, fellas, just hop on my back. I'm going I'm to I'm ring this thing home. That one against the Bucks, which is what I feel like, is the is got to be the formula in this game against the Bills? It was total control, and that 
he had to be a hero in spots. Interesting. Like I, he, I don't know if what they did against the Bucks is sustainable. Like I don't, I don't think that I can not, expect 190 yards on the ground against the Bills. I think the Bills' defensive line in this one, I I expect them to be able to slow down the running game. Now that the Chiefs have shown they can do it, I think it, it changes some things. So that I think that's where it differs a little. Bit. And I, I think yeah, Mahomes that, is going to have to be great in this one. And I, and I don't. Yeah, I don't. And I think he was. He was great in that one. I just don't think he was hop on my back like exceptional. We'll always we'll remember this performance for the, for our lives. Type for of sure. great. Like I don't think he he has to like to me. That's 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 a bad sign. They could still win that way because of his greatness, but that's a bad sign to me. I think more balanced to where he doesn't have to make every big play. To me. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, motion sounds something like this. Kizik helps you experience the magic of motion. With over 200 patents and easy-on, easy-off technology, you'll never have to touch your shoes again. There are hundreds of styles and colors, plus a squish like nothing you've ever felt. For a limited time, get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. All right. Uh, all right. When the uh, when the Bills have the ball, this, this is a – this is – this is a team that can score right along with the Chiefs. This is a team that has a ton of weapons, right? It's not just Stephon Diggs and Josh Allen. Gabe Davis, who Chiefs fans remember, uh, whooped that tail and beat anybody they put in front of them in the AFC um, uh, divisional game. Uh, he was the one that had big numbers, not Diggs, but Diggs is a special receiver as well. We'll see if Dawson Knox goes. I know he missed last week, but he's a pretty good target for them as well. They do a lot of good things. The only thing they don't do well is run the football. Uh, but Josh Allen seems to routinely lead them in rushing yards. To me, in this matchup for the Chiefs defensively, I think Spags is a really, really perfect person to call defense for them. Now, now I expect the Bills to probably put up 30 points. But, man, I mean, I think this is going to be a high-scoring game. I expect them to put up, you know, good numbers. But... I think Spags is really good at showing different stuff. I think that's the one thing you got to do with Josh. I think you can't just blitz him all the time. 
All right, I know he's not been great against the blitz. He's not Mahomes against the blitz, but you just just like Mahomes, you can't just show Pat the same thing over and over again. They're too talented. They're gonna kill you. And I think I think Spags has shown to do a good job of mixing to where you're not completely for sure of a tendency of what he's gonna do. Sometimes a tendency is I'm gonna send the house. I'm gonna send everybody. I'm gonna walk just to read up there. I'm gonna walk. Uh, 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 Bolden up there. I'm going to walk both safeties up there, both linebackers, and I'm going to send everybody and go zero blitz. Or sometimes he's going to sit back like Lovey Smith and just sit back in in that Tampa 2 zone and make you beat you that way. And I think mixing up things for Josh Allen and him and Ken Dorsey so they don't just get a complete read on everything you're doing is a good tactic because we know it. Like, he – he ain't going to sit back and just not get pressure. He'll figure out a way to have to get it. And if he's got to if he's got to send everybody, he'll eventually do it, but you don't always know what he's going to do. Yeah, I think that what we've seen this year and you just look at the sack numbers, it it shows you what they're willing to do. Legarius Sneed right now leads the Chiefs with 3 sacks on the season. Chris Bolton is tied for second with 2 along with Chris Jones, Frank Clark and Carlos Dunlap. So like Chris Jones they, has 3 sacks. Pro Football Focus has him with two. My apologies. In, no, in my mind, he has three sacks. That was a sack <laughs> was against like, Derek Carr. That was a sack against Derek Carr. So I'm, he's always got one more sack. Touche. Well played. Um, it, what, what we have seen from them defensively this year is that they are more than happy, and this has been Spags' MO for years now, they're more than happy to bring pressure if they've got to. And against Josh Allen, the reality is you've got to. And that's going to get them beat. And I hope Chiefs fans understand that going in. There are going to be plays where a wide receiver gets open deep and they have a big strike where you say to yourself afterwards, hey, man, that sucks. And the reason why it happened is because they probably went with a zero blitz. Chances are that's probably going to happen at some point in this game on either a big third or a big fourth down. That's coming. I can tell you that right now. Spags is coming with it. But – If it gets home, that could be the play that wins the Chiefs the game. And so that's why I'm with you, Ron, in this game. Legereus Sneed, for me, is the X factor. I think he's going to be lining up in the slot a whole heck of a lot, and I think you're going to see him rushing the passer a whole heck of a lot. And they're going to have to just play some some coverage behind him. But, God, when he is rushing the passer, he is so freaking good. And if they are able to get back, and I hope that they can, fingers crossed, Trent McDuffie this week, it frees him up even more. Because for me – Trent McDuffie should be just completely shadowing from start to finish Stephon Diggs. He's the only guy that I trust in the secondary to shadow Stephon Diggs. Do we need to have the Gabe Davis conversation though? Uh, listen, I, I, I mean, he's a concern. And like when you, when you bring up the Gabe Davis thing, he's a concern because the McDuffie thing, boy, right on time, baby. If you can come back and play right on damn time after what we've watched, Mike Williams and Devonte Adams and, what these guys have done to them, to their, to their corners. Like this, this, this is one that, that makes you Mike Evans, that makes you nervous a bit. So if McDuffie is there, that's, that's my thought. If McDuffie is there, who do you feel if, if Snead is in the slot, who do you feel most comfortable being on the other side of McDuffie? Because Oh, two seven who looking like, uh, looking like burnt toast out there. 
uh, uh, they're looking. I mean, I mean, looking rough out there. What's my man's name? Who used to do that show with, with uh, Vern and uh, and uh, and 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 Binkley? Oh, JC Pearson. Pearson. Yeah, he was out there looking like JC Pearson, baby. That's burnt toast all day long. JC, man, you know it, man. You remember them highlights. You remember. You remember all that. <laughs> my my reference point is Eric Warfield, but same, same. all that butter yeah. rolling off. Yeah, Eric Warfield that works too. Shenard Hearts. Yeah, I mean, burnt burnt toast. I mean that 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 was that was two seven. Watson has filled in, and listen, I don't love it either. Like I, you know, I just I I just said, oh, that's that's a it's a wrap. Whenever Mike Evans was running out there to him, but at least he wasn't as open as Devontae Adams was. I mean, Devontae Adams on fourth and one, and that's what you're talking about. I'm gonna send the house. Fourth and one, we don't get there, and damn, we got a no. fifteen-yard difference between uh, Adams and where and where Fenton is. So, uh, to me, Fenton can roll off the field. It to me, it's 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 McDuffie and it's Watson, and I'm gonna take my chances with that. So I agree with you on that. I think Justin Watson probably should be over a shot of Fenton. He's just been so bad this year. But just to illustrate, Gabriel Davis is kind of their Tyreek Hill, like in a way, whereas like. Stefan Diggs is incredible and Diggs can beat you deep too. Like he's just an incredible all around number one wide receiver, but Gabe Davis, when he is healthy, he is their entire deep passing game. Like Diggs is a lot of their accumulator, their chain mover. Like he's just such an incredible route runner. It's just hard to cover him. He can always get open in the, in the intermediate stuff and accumulate stats that way. Gabriel Davis has really only had two healthy games this season in week one. He had four catches on five targets for 88 yards and a touchdown. And one of them was, and that touchdown was a long touchdown. And then last week we saw against the, against the Steelers, he went, Three catches, six targets for 171 yards and two touchdowns. Of course, his yards per reception was 57 <laughs> yards per catch in that game, which that's is that's insane. That way. And then he missed week two, week three, and week four. He was like limited in practice, but they were still trotting him out every week. But he was clearly limited in both of those games. When he is healthy, that dude is one of the scariest deep threats in football right now. Like he he is that good. He he should be that concerning for the Chiefs defense. And like we don't have to tell Chiefs fans that we oh, we, we watched, all saw they watched it, right? him boat race the hell out of Juan Thornhill and everybody else in the back of that secondary in that game last year. The last time these two teams met, he finished with eight catches for two hundred yards and four touchdowns. Like he absolutely cooked them. And so you've got to have some kind of a game plan as to how you're going to take him away. The problem though, Ron, is I don't think there is a game plan to legitimately take him away. He's going to get his in this game, and it's going to result in a few big plays. What you, you have say, to you do? Mean, you mean him and Diggs are going to get there? Do you think both of them are? They were able to. They were able to calm down Diggs in that game. I See, mean, that's Davis the thing is like crazy. if McDuffie is back, I'm not saying they'll shut him down. Diggs will still. Diggs could easily like he could walk into a game on Sunday against anybody, and he's going to get his five for fifty. That's that's going to happen. But well, he did. Just, but he didn't do that in the playoff game last year. You're like, right. They were able right. to. They were able to. But Gabe, did Gabe get two hundred? <laughs> yeah, just because every possession they were just going to Gabe. I, <laughs> I would. And Stefan Diggs, there's going to Gabe. It's weird because Diggs is a better wide receiver than Davis, but I have way more confidence because of the personnel that the Chiefs have potentially with McDuffie coming back of the Chiefs being able to slow down Diggs than I do of them being able to slow down Davis, especially given the quarterback that they have who is a mutant who throws the ball 75 yards in the air without a problem. So it, it just, it fits. 
And that's why this is such a big issue. And oh, by the way, Gabe Davis is huge. And that's the type of wide receiver body that has given the Chiefs issues so far this year as well. To answer your question directly, we're on what do you do? Who do you put on him? I go to Jalen Watson. And I just I I understand that there's going to be some moments where it looks bad. And I live with it because I also think he's done a pretty good job on some plays of being able to battle, being able to go up and locate the ball. He hasn't come down with it, but he's a guy that can come up with some pass deflections. Meanwhile, 27 looks like he's getting roasted out there every single time that he's in coverage. So I would go Watson. I would put McDuffie on digs and then I would be bringing a lot of the time. I would be bringing Legereus Sneed on a blitz. And when he's not coming on the blitz, he's, if Isaiah McKenzie is able to play, you put him on him. If he's not, then you put him on Shakir. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how much zone he plays too. Because I watch you watch the Ravens game. Josh has not completely shaken out that. Hey, let me do something stupid <laughs> out of him. Like he he you know he believes in his arm a lot, and he'll try to fit things in, and he'll still miss some folks out there because the Ravens played a, uh, they played around a lot of different things too. And I know they got a pick, a pick off of, off of him kind of being in confusion on, on them being in zone. So it'll be interesting to see where they go, but yeah, I mean, Rashad fitting on either one of them, it scares the hell. Hell is Isaiah McKenzie playing? No, he got hurt. Didn't he? I was going to say he broke uh, his leg. So. Uh, no, Jameson Crowder broke his leg. But Isaiah Crowder. McKenzie's probably going to be back this week. Yeah, I, shoot, I'm I'm afraid of Rashad Fenton on, on six. Hell, I'm afraid Isaiah of Isaiah McKenzie's a good player too. Khalil yeah, Shakir I'm... also a good player. Yeah, they, they've got a lot right. of good receivers. M- M- McKenzie's a good player, but he's he's a guy that like Legereus need in the slot. He should be able to do a pretty good job against him. Yeah, so we'll see about that. All right, the game that is sweeping the nation: certified or imposter. <laughs> You're certified, right? Let's get you certified. I'm an imposter. All right, so we we left this part out on the how they should handle the cornerback situation. Legereus Sneed, certified or imposter, as an outside corner. Because, look, they may have to do that. That, to me, appeared to be the adjustment that was made when Devontae Adams just absolutely roasted repeatedly Rashad Fenton. All right. And at that point, they look like, and this took away the blitzing that I know you want, and we all love from Legereus Sneed because he is special at it, and he's a great tackler in the box. But they they said, we got to put him outside. And he fared better against Devontae Adams than anybody else on the field in terms of corners for the for the Chiefs and it wasn't even close um and to me he, it was the same way with Mike Evans he felt he fared better with Mike Evans especially in the red zone he's just bigger longer certified or imposter as Legereus Sneed as an outside corner because that may need to be the adjustment if way if 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 Gabe Davis or Doug Diggs is just killing those guys go ahead sir certified or imposter Legereus Sneed as an outside corner I'm going to say certified, I think. Um, I don't think that he's always been like the strongest lockdown corner, but he plays traditionally out of the slot. And I think part of that is because they ask him to do so much is just a defensive back. Like Spags almost treats him like a safety sometimes, like just blitzing him and the way he plays a part in the run defense. Like it's not something you see a cornerback do a ton of in the NFL. 
and he's so so good at that but i think he could be a better straight up cover guy he's got the length he's got the athleticism he's got the strength to compete with like top end wide receivers on the outside in the nfl and i think if given the opportunity he might be able to thrive there because he's just such a talented individual player i don't know if he would be like an elite lockdown corner, but you got problems on the outside anyway. So I'm going to call him certified. I'm compared to the rest of the options on the team. He's certified compared to a outside corner that you would want to be a legit outside corner for you. He's an imposter. I think Legereus Sneed, we know exactly what he is at this point in his career. And that is that he's an excellent slot corner who I think has actually come out of his shell a little bit more this year because he's been been utilized in ways that Tyron Matthew was used last year. And oh, by the way, guys, could we talk about the fact that last week you had a safety that made a tackle that would not have been made last year if Tyron Matthew was still your starting safety? Because I liked what Justin Reed did when uh, you had a running back coming at him at 20 miles per hour, and he just said, you know what, I'm going to eat one for the team here. So anyways, that's beside the point. I I think he's an imposter as an outside corner compared to the other good ones around the league. But Legereus Sneed is best utilized in the slot because his best assets are his ability in the box, as you mentioned, Ron, and as a blitzer. For the Kansas City Chiefs, that boy is certified as an outside corner. All right now, I, like I'm not I'm not gonna lie to you. There is not one person, Trent McDuffie. I don't care who may be the most talented corner. There is not one corner on this team that I trust more in coverage than Legereus Need. And maybe that is a problem right now, but there is not anyone that I trust more. Like, I felt so much more comfortable when I saw Devontae Adams running out to his side and that he was in coverage there. And then I watched it. It looked much better. Man, he did all his work on somebody else, on the, the, the touchdown that he caught in the second half was somehow Cook and and uh and, and and Watson are over there together on a huge third down covering Devontae Adams. But he's but it's him. It's those two he's deep on. The the catch that it looked like it was a catch but he didn't get his feet in was on that side against Watson as well. There is nobody I trust more. It sucks because he is elite. It's like having an elite right fielder who's like a gold glove right fielder but is a pretty good center fielder that you feel like damn I don't want to move him but man my options are are in a bad place I I think he's certified for this team all right well I guess I, I guess I'm the only one <laughs> going here all right predictions I thought you were coughing I thought, I thought you're I thought you had something going on you had something I did I, I came out got something stuck in my throat <laughs> Predictions here since um, we all believe, or at least me you and Soda believe, first. he's a. You want to go first? I remembered it this week without looking it up. I, I Did, you? Did you? Did you? Big certified. game. That's big game right here. Certified. He had to get serious here. Certified was uh, was luxurious need, except for uh, BK thinks he's trash. All right. <laughs> it's how I heard it. So. Bills. No, I'm going first, damn it. Bills, Chiefs, prediction. I'm on. Hold on, hold on. Didn't you tell Certa to go? No, I said I'm no. Going he first. told me to go first. Uncertified or imposter? Then he was then he was choking and muted. Yeah, himself. little help. Little made help. The whole transition awkward. Little help. Nobody came to help. That's all right. Champions kid, continue to push through it. Um, 
I'm going to go 37-34 Chiefs. I'm going to go high scoring, um, 37-34 Chiefs at the end. I think the Chiefs will have the ball last, and that is potentially why this game ends the way it does. So I got the Chiefs winning this game and, uh, and putting themselves back in the driver's seat in the AFC. I'll take what you got. What you got, BK? I actually am going to take the Bills in this one. I, I think that the Bills pull it out. It is it is really close. I think the Chiefs get them back once we get into the playoffs, but I think the Bills will take this one because you will never see a more desperate team than the Bills trying to win this game. It reminds me a little bit of again going back to the Chiefs versus the Patriots regular season versus postseason. The results were a little different, if you remember in that uh scenario. I will take the Bills to win this 37-34. It is really close. It goes over the point total, but I like the Bills wow. to win this one. We got the same score. I'm picking the Bills as well this week. Uh, I don't very often pick against the Chiefs. I just think that, like BK said, I think that the Bills are are desperate to win this game to prove that you know they're the best team in the NFL and the best team in the AFC. And, and I think that that's going to help them here in the regular season. But – also, at this point in the year, I just think that they are generally a better football team. Like their defense does not have many weaknesses. Their offense does not have many weaknesses. And I think that you can point to the ones and the Chiefs that are a lot more glaring than what the Bills have going on right now. So I think it's going to be high scoring. I think there's going to be a lot of points. I think the Chiefs are going to keep it close. But ultimately, I think the Bills win 41 to 34. Well, you all got to stay with it. You guys have repeatedly felt like the Bills are the best team in football. Uh, so we'll see. And then when we come back here next week, you guys are going to have to say, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry for doubting. Plus, Andy it'll be a lot more fun on Sunday Patrick, if they win. Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. I'll take Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes over Sean McDermott and Josh Allen. That's me personally. All right. And Ken Dorsey. Um, it's no respect for Ken Dorsey at all. He's he got he's a little too angry to be. <laughs> yeah, <man. laughs> Like a man that 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 drinks, like eats great value peanut butter as opposed to Jiffy. Like, get over it, man. God, what are you so angry about? Lord, man. Like he he chews that cinnamon, that cinnamon, that that cinnamon hot gum instead of real good, like flavorful Trident. Yeah, is that he chews big red, like angry gum? That's what he chews. Nobody, nobody's nice that chews that chews big red. That's him. I'm so angry. I don't know where he picked that up from. He wasn't like that at Miami under Larry Coker. It just smells it, like cinnamon all the time. That's what happens. <laughs> it, that, living in Buffalo drives you nuts. I'm telling <laughs> you, man. Nasty-ass blue cheese. All right. All right. Let's see what happens. I'll talk to you fellas next week. We are out. Sorry, Ken. Sorry, Ken.